0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So my name's Judith and I'm very excited to speak on the third in this series called The Quest for Wisdom, The Wisdom of the Realist. And before I dive in, I'd like us just to pause, take a moment and pray. Father God, thank you that you are in our hearts, in our minds, in our locations. Even if our minds are scattered and we're not really concentrating, you can refocus us. Praying this morning that you can recenter us into your love and your knowledge and your wisdom to really. Just learn something new about wisdom and how we can live better as Christians in this life. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to focus totally this morning on the book of Ecclesiastes, in the middle of the Bible, coming after Proverbs. Now, if I was really mean, I might have asked you to do a little bit of Bible drill. When I was a primary school teacher and I taught at King's School, I used to do Bible drill every morning. So I'd say, attention. And the book, like the sword, because we're told this Bible is the sword. It's there to help us every day. So I'd say, attention. So they'd stand up, the kids. Then we'd say, on (laughs) guard. Then we'd say, fire. And I would give them the verse of the book. They were supposed to find first person got a sweet I'm not promising that this one because I've already told you where ecclesiastics <laughs> is so Hannah sorry no sweets you already know where it is but I do urge you I can't really give total justice to this amazing book this morning. Do spend the next week diving in, meditating on some of the words. You might have been put off the book, you might have never read this book, but please do. I have learned, God has taught me so much through the preparation of this talk this morning. I'm going to use mainly Well, actually, totally the New Living Translation for my quotations this morning. So I've told you it's come after the book of Proverbs, which Tasha spoke so well on last week. And the books, Proverbs and Ecclesiastics, are designed to be read together. They're interlocking. I love this book because it is so human, so us, so real. The teacher never finds any real answer to his quest for wisdom. There is no formula to life. It can't be buttoned down. And how true that is. We follow the teacher on his very real quest, asking questions we do today. Why? How come? What's the point? The reason the book exists and it's here in the word of God is because most of us do everything and anything else but have a deep relationship with God. And Ecclesiastics is a reality check to Proverbs which at times implies if you play by the rules you will win at life. And both Proverbs and Ecclesiastics have a piece of the truth Together they are needed for the full truth. The truth of how we can live life in true wisdom. The English title, Ecclesiastes, comes from the Greek translation of its Hebrew name. It's me, so you're gonna get a bit of Hebrew this morning. Quahelet, meaning one who gathers. Not much is known about this gatherer of students, the teacher. Traditionally, he's been identified with King Solomon because at the beginning of the book, he claims to be a son of David. But the writer is anonymous and the book's context and language imply a much later origin. Based on Persian words and Aramaic phrases within the Hebrew text, it is likely that the writer was living around or in Jerusalem any time from the 6th to the 4th century BC, so later than Solomon was around. The teacher is a character in the book and is a different voice to the author who remains anonymous. He introduces the teacher and also concludes the book by evaluating and summing up the teacher's ideas. One of the most important words used to describe life in Ecclesiastics is "hevel," And it's used 38 times. It starts right at the beginning of the book and runs all the way through. And if you turn and look at Ecclesiastics chapter one, here it goes. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. The Hebrew word hevel, or meaningless, is very difficult to translate. Its general meaning is a breath, or smoke, and it implies life is fleeting, like a breath. It can't be grasped, and it is not permanent or solid. Hevel also means so much more. It's an enigma, or a puzzle, This is the hevel the teacher struggles with most. How do we live a rounded life if it's just a puzzle, an enigma, a mist? And I want us all this morning to join the teacher, this realist, on this quest and ask this. Is life more than a mist? How do we, as followers of Jesus, live a life of wisdom whilst acknowledging the reality that life can be heaven? The teacher was an acknowledged wise man and he gave his life to look for answers under the sun. In all his tests, he only looked at the world around him. He concluded that everything was meaningless like chasing the wind. The more answers he demanded, the more questions he supplied. Sounds familiar? The more he knew, the more his sorrow increased. And it says in Ecclesiastics 2 verse 1, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. He reminds us here that creation was once good. Rob, a few weeks ago, spoke about how the word good is repeated by God as part of his original plan in creation. And Tasha last week talked about how the tree of the knowledge of good and evil caused Adam and Eve to commit their first act of not trusting God not acting on wisdom. In the act of eating, they gain the knowledge of good and the knowledge of what the absence of good brings. The temptation to scheme, that is to do evil rather than the good, begins with the first human pair disobeying God. The teacher in in Ecclesiastic tried all the pleasures and the decadence to find the point of life. But again, none was permanent, all was fleeting, a hevel like a mist. He tried work and labour as well, but no matter what he worked at, he realised that death would end it all. Wisdom, pleasure, work and wealth, living wisely, nothing could always go to his plan or make sense of the world under the sun. Let's look at these passages in Ecclesiastes seven and chapter eight to further expand what he's talking about. Chapter seven, verse 23 to 25. I've always tried my best to let wisdom guide my thoughts and actions. I said to myself, I am determined to be wise, but it didn't work. Wisdom is always distant and difficult to find. I searched everywhere, determined to find wisdom and to understand the reason for doing things. I was determined to prove to myself that wickedness is stupid and that foolishness is madness. He says it three times and we can sense the frustration he has on this quest. And in... Chapter 8, verse 17, I realised that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. You see, death is the great leveller. We can't always see or work out what God is doing. And it really frustrated him like it can do us, if we're honest. You know, we could be saying, but I'm following what the Proverbs say, but things sometimes go wrong and there's no resolution. There's no answer to my prayer. There's no resolution to my problem. I look around and I see those that don't acknowledge God seem to have great lives. Why is that? That is realism. And that is why I like this book and the balance it brings to the book of Proverbs. You see, right before the fall, God says it's not good for man to be alone. You see, he's made us for connection and also to work. And we were asked to be caretakers for this amazing world he had made. These two simple things can still be found in life. In the life of Hevel he says the key is to accept that everything in our life is out of our control in the midst of it all the gift of God is in the simple things of life friendship family a good meal a sunny day they can be temporary things and we can't control them but that is their beauty When we adopt a posture of total trust in God, he frees us to enjoy our lives as we actually experience them, not as we think they should go. During the height of the pandemic, many surveys were done to find out what people were missing. And it came down to those two simple things that God gave us right before the fall to enjoy connections with people, and work. We need to live more in the moment, even if it can be misty, and to thank God for the here and now, because it's fleeting. I've got into the habit of taking photos in my mind now of when I'm in a great moment, with family, with a friend, or seeing an amazing sky or a roaring sea. For As I've found out through life, I don't know when that will happen again. And only God knows what's round the corner. He is in ultimate control. One of the most heartfelt and profound things in this book of Ecclesiastics that the teacher finds on his quest is from chapter 3, verse 11. And I just loved this verse and meditating on it. It says... Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I think Saint Augustine, who wrote a thousand years later, too loved the book of Ecclesiastics and got a lot of his God-given inspiration from this book for he says, "'You have made us for yourself, "'and our hearts are restless "'till they find their rest in thee.'" I still find it amazing that God has put a longing for eternity in us. And that is why this life sometimes appears like a mist. Without substance. We were made for more than this. Our forever home is not here. It is with God. And maybe only then the hows and the wise can be answered. At the end of Ecclesiastics, the teacher's words come to an end. And the author sums up this quest for wisdom. Chapter 12. Verse 12 to 14. But my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful for writing books is endless and much study wears you out. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Unless we look above the sun for answers, everything is heaven in vain and like a mist. We need God to know how to live in this ever changing world. We can get stuck believing that the pointlessness of the world, will always win, and we will get stuck if we only look under the sun. To cut above the sun, we need to know the God who is above the sun and entered our reality in Jesus, who is God the sun. He brought heaven to life and showed us how to live it. The teacher says knowledge is pointless, Jesus says, knowing him is a treasure. The teacher says, our desires can't be fulfilled. Jesus says, he is our ultimate pleasure. The teacher says, riches never satisfy. Jesus says, his provision is better. The teacher says, all our work is in vain. Jesus says, our work in him will last forever. The teacher tried to prove our questions are unanswerable, but Jesus proved he is the answer because the teacher says everything dies, but the gospel of Jesus says those who believe in him will never die. The reality of Ecclesiastic is that time and death are out of our control, but what gives life true meaning is the hope that one day God will bring true justice and clear away all the hevel. We are encouraged to live life by fearing God and keeping his commands, not by chasing after the wind, getting lost in the mist and the hevel, but by running after Jesus. And I'm going to ask the band to come up now. And as they come up, I want to end this morning's quest for wisdom and how we live better in an unpredictable word, world by reading the words from a modern teacher and wise man. As a church we support the work of Serve Direct in Uganda and Jerry and Elspeth started that amazing charity and are really involved in it. Sadly they're in Bracefield and have been for a long time and still unsure of when they can go back, but the team in Uganda are just pressing on and doing amazing things. Many of us have been out there and served on the team and have met Charles, the head teacher of Wobalenzi Town Academy. He is a man who loves Jesus and walks daily in God's wisdom the schools in Uganda have still not returned after nearly two years. Thousands of children, it, sort of, it really gets me this bit, have lost nearly two years of education with no hope of catching up. The hope, they've just made an announcement the government is to return in January 2022. That's the reality of what's happening. What is the answer? Charles says this, we are well conditioned in the act of waiting. Even when something may never come, we wait until another story replaces the wait. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12. We, do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And can I ask you to stand or to kneel and open your hands as you do to receive God's love and hope right now. Heavenly Father, we are in uncertain times, we live in a troubled world of suffering and unfairness. Fill us anew with your hope to live life honestly connected to you and each other. And now make your hands into a really tight fist and then let it go. Father. Take my pains and uncertainty this morning. Where there seems no resolution, help me to trust and be faithful to you, even if there is no answer in the here and now. You never let go and you love us so, so much. Amen.